Hello. Welcome to the Daily Cron for Wednesday, July 3rd, 2019. I'm Stephen Tolton. Today is going to be my mostly spoiler-free, maybe completely spoiler-free, I'm going to try to make it completely spoiler-free, review and very brief discussion of Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, on I saw it last night with some friends of mine, and on the way home we did have like a hot take, had a discussion in the car, recorded on my iPhone, but quality not was not that good, and it really had a lot of spoilers in it, and it turned more into me ranting about a lot of things. So uh, I think that'll be more interesting discussion I have later with them. That's why it didn't get published last night. So instead, you're going to get this, and I'm going to try to give you my brief thoughts without going into the spoilery stuff. I'm going to say up front that I personally found this movie only okay. It was better than Homecoming, which I found extremely mediocre, but it's not a great film by any stretch. It's basically what I call pretty good. You know, if you had to give it like a letter rating, it would be like, I don't know, C plus, B minus, B maybe. That's about it. It's certainly not to the level of the Sam Raimi films, the first two anyway, uh, but it's a lot better than the Andrew Garfield movies because, like, what isn't better than those movies? Um, and, it, you know, it, and it, of course, doesn't even approach the greatness of the uh, the the um, the latest uh, animated Spider-Man movie. But, you know, it, it's okay. It's pretty good. <clears throat> it's not the best MCU film by far. In fact, these Spider-Man films don't really feel like MCU films for me. Actually, they kind of feel like weird side adventures or like i don't know they don't feel like they quite fit in the universe but that's that's like part of that discussion that i had last night that i don't want to get into right now because it'd be way too involved but let me say that if you liked homecoming you will really like this movie because it's a lot of the same it's it's basically homecoming but but amped up some more and the highlights of this movie number one highlight of this film is going to be jake Hall's performance as mysterio quentin beck he is the perfect uh, actor for this. It's a perfect casting once again. It reminds me of when Robert Downey Jr. was cast as Tony Stark and by the end of the first Iron Man film I could not imagine anyone else in that role. Same thing here. By the end of this movie I couldn't imagine anyone else as Mysterio. Such a a good performance I think from him. I think they understood the the character of Mysterio very well and you know it's not the same thing as in the comics but it's clear it's clear that they adapted the character very carefully i think for the the marvel cinematic universe fits right in there and it makes a lot of sense uh, this mysterio character i will say that if you're going by what you see in the trailer most of what's in that trailer is not actually in the movie like entire lines of dialogue from there are scenes in the movie that are in the trailer where the dialogue is completely different there are scenes in the trailer that are not in the movie at all it is a is a very misleading trailer, you know, very misleading. And, you know, I kind of expected that. I think we all kind of expected that because Marvel has gotten a reputation for doing that nowadays. So it's kind of interesting to go back and look at the trailer after you see the movie, and then you can start seeing, like, what got cut or what got changed, you know, and the reasoning why. That'll be a fun, kind of a fun experience for you. <clears throat> I got to say that, the, but number one best thing is going to be Jake Gyllenhaal. The number two best thing about this movie is probably going to be the action sequences they are a big step up from homecoming the stakes are much higher in this film uh you know they're trying to fight these elementals and there's lots of destruction of of historic cities i mean it's not like to the grand scale of an avengers film but it's a lot bigger than like a neighborhood spider-man fighting fighting like street thugs or something and there it's cool because uh he you know uh, peter parker has to 
use his powers occasionally in some more interesting ways. There's a lot of a lot of good use of web slinging and the uh, Spider-Man physics and flying around. The CGI has gotten so good now that they can have Spider-Man doing all of his weird his weird acrobatic techniques or or cool acrobatic techniques and all, and it looks very good on the screen. The elementals themselves look badass. I saw it in Screen X. So you had the screens on the side in your peripheral vision, like on the walls, would become part of the main of the movie screen. So it felt like you had this you were like inside a ride kind of. It was it's a cool experience. Um and you know, there's scenes where Parker has to use his wits more than his powers. And I like that a lot as well. The other side characters, his friends, have a little bit more to do in this movie. They're actually incorporated into some of the action sequences uh, and not just as uh, people in distress, especially in the final act. There is actually some uh, moments where they are like semi-active participants in the in the, the battle. At least they're able to kind of um, um, <clears throat> take actions and not just be waiting around to be saved, like is typical for the non-powered um, you know, friends of Spider-Man. Uh, so uh, I would say that the the other actors are fine. I mean, everyone in this movie is fine. Jake Gyllenhaal is leagues better than everybody else in this movie. Um, aside from you know, uh, maybe uh, you know, Fury, but you know, but Jake Gyllenhaal is e- easily the top dog here in acting wise. Tom Holland puts in a solid performance. Nothing spectacular. It's what you've come to expect from uh, his take on Spider-Man. If you like that take, you're going to like it here. If you don't like that take, it's not going to change your mind. The high school characters are just as annoying as they were in the other movie if you hate high school drama crap, because they spend a lot of time on high school drama crap, but they're just not in high school. It's more about first crushes and teenage relationships and, uh, and you know, a lot of shirking of responsibility stuff. Themes that sort of are Spider-Man, or they could be Spider-Man, th- you know, themed, but they're not executed as well as I think they should be. But again, that that veer, that's going to veer quickly into a longer discussion I don't want to get into. But again, it, it feels a lot like Homecoming, just a little bit bigger stakes. feels like they're trying to evolve the character into uh, Spider-Man proper, and maybe that's what I'm sensing from these movies and why I don't like them too much, because they are called Spider-Man, but he is not a fully rendered, fully fleshed out uh, character, or like Spider-Man. He's not a fully, a full, like full version of Spider-Man yet. He's just kind of on his journey, learning along the way. And I, I think that's what they're trying to do with these movies. Um, I like. I hope so because if there's another movie, which there pretty much is going to be another movie, uh, that'll be the movie where I think he'll finally grow up and like fully become Spider-Man, and that will be great because. Uh, I would love to see these movies where they just stop to- stop dealing with all this um, teenage high school crap. But that's me. Uh, I would say that the the weaknesses of the film again. The weakness of the film is that it's it it only tangentially acknowledges the larger universe it's in. It feels like a film that could have been a direct sequel to Homecoming, where you had none of the intermediary MCU films. If you just took out every moment where they reference the other MCU films, especially like Endgame and, you know, Infinity War, like you wouldn't be able to tell if the characters had been through anything, even though theoretically they were through something unimaginably traumatizing, <laughs> theoretically, right? So it's a, uh, it's weird. Uh, also for a movie that supposedly is like a five-year time jump because that's what happened in Endgame, 
none of their cell phones look particularly more advanced at all than they are now. I mean, you think back five years ago on the iPhones, and like they changed a lot. So I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe a hardware advancement just stalled for five years when half of everybody disappeared. That's actually somewhat plausible. I would guess that there would be economic collapses and such that would have happened. Not that you would know from this movie, because they don't really, again, it doesn't really feel like they're in a world post-snap world, post-blip world, as they call it. It doesn't really feel like that, but whatever. It's it's primarily a light, fun kind of ride where there's some good action sequences, um, occasional excellent performances, and it's all around inoffensive and fun, I guess. Yeah, it's it's fun. And as I said, I give it like like a B, C plus B, maybe B minus. It's uh, if I had to rank it, it would probably be my, like I don't know third or fourth favorite Spider-Man movie. And if I had to rank an MCU films, I don't even know. It would be way down there. So go see it, if you, especially if you like Spider-Man. Go see it if you want to see, have a glimpse of the post-Endgame universe. Because the, the real reason, if you're a big MCU fan, you're going to see this movie. Even if you don't care about Spider-Man, you're going to see this movie because you want to know what happens after Endgame. And you want to know what's going to happen in Phase 4. Well, this movie's not going to tell you what happens in Phase 4. And it's only going to sort of acknowledge but not go into in-depth about what happened after Endgame. But it is going to set up some amazing things for Phase 4. There are two post-credit sequences or mid-credit sequences, whatever you say. You're going to stick around for them because till the very, very end after the credits because there are, there are two moments in, at the end of this movie that change the game in a significant way for both the Spider-Man films and the larger MCU universe. And I can't go into them at all because they will be big spoilers if I if I, if I talk about them. But the moments uh, are quite a big deal, uh, and the the actual end credit sequences, the the end credit or mid credit uh, extras are probably the best that they've ever put in Marvel movies, honestly. And there's two of them, so there's a lot, and there's a lot packed in there, a lot of implications packed into the those two moments for longtime MCU fans. So, uh, or yeah, longtime fans of these characters. So uh, it's definitely uh, worth seeing just for that. And if you don't want to be spoiled about that stuff, because everybody's going to be talking about it this week. So uh, probably just go see the movie and before you go back on Twitter. <laughs> uh, but it actually makes me really looking forward to Phase 4, because I feel like um, it, it opens the door to a lot of new possibilities in the marvel universe and a lot of new characters that could be coming up in phase four that never would have thought possible it's it's really opening up the marvel cinematic universe in a in a giant way uh honestly if you think through think through the implications of it and it's actually just pretty funny little little uh little post-credit sequence as well uh, and as for the future of the Spider-Man films, um, actually, despite the fact that I, I, I say I, I find these films somewhat mediocre, I still enjoy them, and I still really love the character, so I want the character to grow and to be in a better movie, and I feel like the setup for, the, for a third in this franchise is a setup for a great, a potentially great film, like a, a, an aversion of 
a, of story that we have not seen before. Uh, so that would be great because I, I, I just want Spider-Man to be in a really good film and not a bunch of, I haven't had a really good film since Spider-Man two, the Sam Raimi one, honestly, uh, everything since then has been a disappointment. So, uh, I don't know if the next one will be, but the next one is at least set up plot wise to, to be a, a different story. And that, that could be cool. Uh, and one with actual, like, like real stakes. So uh, I'm looking forward to that one, indeed. I don't know what they're going to call it, though. They have to have some kind of home in the name, right? So I don't know. Uh, uh, but, yeah. So stick around for those end sequences, because they're definitely worth the price of admission, I think. At least for me. At least if you're going to a matinee. Maybe not for, like, the $17-plus ticket I had for the Screen X. You know, enjoy the whole movie for that. But, <laughs> you know, I probably would have paid, like, matinee prices just to see those end, end credits. Um, you know what's pretty funny is the opening of this film is literally, literally the scene that they added on to the special cut of Endgame, and that's lame. <laughs> like, at least they could have, like, I, I, I figured that was going to be the case, but, uh, you know, at, with the Endgame recut, maybe they would have had more people come to theaters if they actually put some effort into it, and or if they added, like, a scene that wasn't in this movie, or, you know, anything, like, I don't know. That's a whole other thing. You you can listen to my podcast about Endgame. I found that okay, but disappointing. Like not not really worth it to go see. And apparently, a lot of people agree with me because they did not make up the revenue they needed to to to, to overtake Avatar. So you know, but serves them right. That was a lazy, lazy uh, recut. Like they didn't do anything. Anyway, this movie's uh, uh pretty good. Go see it. Um, make sure you see it before you read any spoilers about the end. Uh, the end credit sequences. Uh, I had an enjoyable time, but I wish it was a lot better. I believe Spider-Man as a character deserves better films than are currently coming out, while acknowledging that these are leagues better than the Andrew Garfield versions. I just, I miss the heights of the Spider-Man films in Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 from Sam Raimi years, which I think are just far, far superior films, uh, even though certain aspects of their effects and all don't have an age as well. I just think they did the character better, but your mileage will vary on that one. Uh, and it's, it's okay to like these more than the other ones. I will just disagree with you. <laughs> that's all. Uh, anyway, so that's going to be it for the Daily Cron for Wednesday, July 3rd. Have a great uh, July 4th holiday weekend. I'm probably not going to record anything for a day or two for the holiday um at least not for tomorrow for the for the big july 4th holiday so enjoy that get out there um you know be with friends family do whatever you're gonna do celebrate america and i'll talk to you next time later